Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Stories are as old as time. Knowledge is passed on through the retelling of history and hearsay with tales, myths and fables. We all need a narrative to succeed these days, from large corporations to individuals. The ubiquitous backstory is a staple of television and celebrity culture, whether it be reality or fictitious. To explore the art of storytelling, I am joined today by two very special guests, Rachel Amesbury and Nicola McMurtry. Hello to both of you. Hello. 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 Hey, Nicola. Hey, Hi, Rachel. You all right? So welcome both of you. And let me first introduce one of our highly talented guests, Rachel Amesbury, who is the founder and chief copywriter of Uzig Alzag and has over 12 years of experience working with brands. She believes in doing things differently to help brands stand out from the crowd no doubt with a bit of creative storytelling. (laughs) Over the last decade, she circled the globe, living in Bristol, Sydney and New York, and has come to rest in London. In between navigating visa applications, assembling flat pack furniture and unravelling transportation systems, she's racked up quite a bit of experience helping small to medium-sized businesses harness the power of content. Rachel has also dabbled in a bit of comedy as a sketch writer and professionally trained improviser. Rachel, even the name of your company is funny. Tell me about that. <laughs> Why you zig and I'll zag? It's kind of a phrase I always had in my mind for some reason. I just like the idea and the sentiment behind me doing something that someone else can't do for whatever reason and also it's kind of a bit of a personal mantra Hmm. you do your thing and I'll do my thing so it's something that I've always kind of said in my head maybe not out loud Um, but yeah and then I launched the business and thought Heck, let's call it Usigal Zag. And no one can pronounce it, but that's no, fine. I love it. It reminds me of those puppets that used to be on television, but I can't remember what programme it was. Thanks, Rachel. Um, my second guest is Nicola McMurtry, a Scottish comedy performer who came to my attention as the winner of the Funny Women Comedy Shorts Award in our now infamous Lockdown Awards. She has since gone on to pick up another video award with the British Comedy Guide. Now based in London, Nicola originally trained as a dancer and has worked with several dance companies. Currently, she's with the Ashton Collective and she's been featured in adverts for big brands like American Express and Domino's Pizza. Nicola's comedy career took off when she started posting her hilarious skits online and gained a following. Nicola, now how did this come about and how the hell do you divide your time between writing and producing comedy videos and teaching dance? Well, I I mostly teach dance towards the evening, so I actually have a lot of time during the day, (laughs) in the morning and the early afternoon. So it's a bit of a weird balance. going to teach little kids how to do ballet and then I go back and then we'll write some really silly sketch and then you morph into a comedy producer by night yeah yeah definitely that's what I'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) 
Brilliant. Well, lovely to introduce you both to each other. And Rachel, I believe you're a bit of a fan of some of Nicola's work. I am. This is really embarrassing, Nicola. But I was I was talking about you to another Scottish friend asking if she knew who you were because I was watching all of your videos. Oh. And awkward. But yeah, your your uh, Russian ballet teacher skit is probably one of my favourites. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favourite ones as well. And I never really did push it. But I, th- I just, yeah. Well, we're like pushing it now. We're pushing oh, it now. So we'll you. send everyone to look at it. Um, so let's talk about storytelling. What are your views of the creative storytelling process? Rachel, for business, how do we use storytelling to put over brand messages? And is humour mm-hmm. part of that? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, one, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with create, well, creative storytelling is that in my world it's actually quite structured but actually when I've started writing doing script writing and skits um it's also quite structured and it helps to be structured in that process um which kind of is counterintuitive I guess to the classic sort of it's super creative it's you know it's a secret science it's magic it comes from nowhere I think actually you can develop creativity through that storytelling process um and you know i think identifying your audience and message and things like that are a key in that process as well nicola when you are creating your skits i love the word skits (laughs) is is that true of what you do do you start out with a storyline and then create the comedy no. around it or does it evolve it's the opposite way for <laughs> me I was thinking about this earlier because I yeah when I was I was looking through some of your your topics um no I it always usually comes from uh like a character or a joke and then I'll write around that and then try and make it make sense ultimately so no it's, it's there, there probably is structure but I'm just not that aware of it <laughs> You probably have it inbuilt. And being a dancer, of course, you know, there's quite a lot of structure in in the art of dance as well. So, you know, do you think there's some sort of juxtaposition between the physical and the and the written? Um Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I teach a lot of syllabus ballet, which is very, very structured, but then mm-hmm. I work with a, a dance company where we spend the first hour and a half just improvising to music. Yeah. And then we form things from there. So it, it is it is interesting. But there mm. are similarities, definitely. You both obviously have experience of improvisation and, and, and Rachel, in your in your real job <laughs> of copywriting, <laughs> um, you know, I think improvisation is really important, isn't it? Uh yeah, definitely. Um I think aside from kind of working out exactly what the brand wants to say, what their key messages and who they're talking to um you know a lot of the kind of in between stuff is improvised and there's a lot of research involved but yeah for sure um I mean it sounds like I'm saying I make lots of stuff up but (laughs) (laughs) well I think we all make lots of stuff up but that's how stories are made isn't it I mean Nicola what do you think you said you you don't plan but you know clearly you start with some kind of story in your head yeah and then over time I'll develop it and then I think eventually I will round it up into some kind of coherent <laughs> story. I can't say that for everything. 
I try. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I usually take my time with it as well. And I'll go back to it. Does it make sense? No, I'll change it. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, fresh set of eyes often helps. Yeah. I think there's a lot of parallel between people who write and improvise because and you know i count myself in that because i do quite a lot of writing and i think we do go back over things um i i diddle with things i can't leave them alone i just <laughs> can never just finish a bit of copy i have to go back and i will often edit an article five weeks after i've written it <laughs> you know which is terrible really you're listening to how to have fun at work brought to you by funny women and hilarious Um, just want to talk a little bit about the world of advertising because I think it's quite important. You know, certainly that's the industry that Rachel is largely involved with, but also a lot of the, the women that come through Funny Women, we do a lot of work under our hilarious brand uh, in terms of content creation and, you know, that corporate sector is really important for up-and-coming artists like you, Nicola, to get proper paid work, and that's the dream. Um, but interestingly, an article in Campaign recently talked about the Cannes Lions Festival, which was all online this year. Um, th- there was only one obviously humorous advertisement that took home a prize, which is really quite shocking because I would have thought humour was really yeah. a key component. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Rachel? I just think about when I wrote my uh, dissertation at uni and I chose to write a comedy play and my then lecturer said to me why have you chosen comedy comedy is so hard why don't you write a drama and <laughs> that's always stuck with me and I think it's when you think about advertising I feel like it depends on the brand but I feel like pulling on emotional heartstrings and creating something that's emotive in that way as opposed to comedy I don't know I I feel like it's I don't I don't want to say easier because obviously it's not it's not easy but I feel like it's the easier route for a lot of brands that's kind of where I'm at they're both part of the same thing aren't they Nicola don't you think comedy and tragedy yeah I definitely I definitely agree with that I think that even if you just combine bits of both in an advert it can be it can work really well um but no, even even still, I, I will always just gravitate just a little bit more. Towards. I don't think you can have one without the other, really. I think they're both very important and they sit, no. sit alongside. Mm. The article went on to say that, um, to some extent, it's the international nature of the awards. The funny ads that do tend to break through employ physical humour that can easily transcend language barriers. Humour is all about context, so it can be hard to appreciate some jokes without shared knowledge. Uh, I think that's a really good point. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, uh, you know, brands are um, quite rightly considering the the kind of breadth of, of cultures in the audiences that will be watching those um, ads. So, But then I feel like physical comedy is one of those things that transcends like it really really is and it's my it's my favorite type like I I am I will laugh at the classic banana peel like that gets me I don't know why but yeah so I feel like um advertisers and brands should be should harness that for sure one of the top selling comedy brands is Mr Bean which is all physical yeah yeah (laughs) 
you know, he is the master of the pratfall. Um, Nicola, so, you know, the other the other thing that the article says is there's a general lack of recognition of the skill involved in creating something funny. <laughs> and I think that's really true. I don't think people totally appreciate how hard it is to be funny. And it's all about good writing and a good idea. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think especially when you're writing for a brand, which is something I haven't done, and I imagine that it would be quite tricky to kind of, you want to sell something and you're, you've got limitations. So I imagine that would be quite, imagine, yeah, it would be quite tricky to do that. But you'd have a go at it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm we'll introducing you now so you know we, we could be the next weird sketches hit me up <laughs> i think there are a lot of weird sketches that end up in tv commercials actually you know what um yeah. advert i was thinking about the other day um that for some when you were talking about in the email about adverts i just immediately remembered the gorilla drumming oh yeah just yeah with me for all the and it, it's just it's just so random but it's just a gorilla playing the, the phil collins playing the drums it was so yeah. effective yeah no uh, method in, no context interestingly that in our family that is something we refer to a lot we all thought that was really funny as a commercial and why but that's it do you know anything uh, historically about that rachel out of interest um i do i'm fairly sure that someone either at cabri I think it was someone at Cadbury absolutely hated it and it nearly didn't go out. Oh, wow. I will research this after. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that's that's what happened. But that was kind of, for Cadbury, that um, that spawned this whole kind of comedic arch for them. Um, I don't know if they had this ad in the UK. I was living in Australia at the time. Uh-huh. But there was a Cadbury ad where there were two kids and they were sat on a, you know, on like a little bench and their eyebrows were moving independently oh Was yes yes we did okay. get that here yes yeah, yeah. um that is a br- another brilliant example um and when you were talking about that nicola i was thinking about the full moon half moon <laughs> oh yeah classic yeah. jaffa cakes that was jaffa cakes wasn't it yeah um a lot of chocolate yeah. involved Sorry. here i noticed <laughs> yeah can you I mean, they're getting it right, aren't they, though? Yeah. (laughs) But it's very emotive. It's about that familiarity. And that's what a good narrative is all about, isn't it? Something you identify with. Yeah. I'm going to go back to this article again because I found it really fascinating. And it goes on to say that, um, and when trying to choose between a serious purpose-driven campaign that is claiming to save the world and an irreverent funny ad it may be hard to argue for the one that just makes you chuckle. And I think that in the context of what we've just been through in the world, I kind of get that. But I also feel that humour is a way of us getting out of it as well. What would you say, Rachel? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I I mean, it's a coping mechanism, isn't it? Having a laugh is, and it takes you away and it... I don't know like comment laughing laughter is medicine mm. um and I think you know we've wallowed or we've wallowed and we know we've lived through the last year we've not been you know spectators we've actually been in it so I think all these ads where it's like oh my god we can do it let's, mm-hmm. it's like come on like let's have a laugh now let's let's move on let's so that's yeah I completely agree 
Well, let's talk a little bit about your own processes. So, Nicola, just um, take us through a classic McMurtry storytelling <laughs> arc. <laughs> right. So I'll start doing a silly voice. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> well, like, so, I've recently shot... Um, another very short film it's only two minutes but it's so different from some some of the stuff I've done in the past and that came from seeing a very funny and very sexist online comment about women so I decided to get someone to do a very dramatic reading of it and then I did um, I got someone to film me doing a really serious dance pretending like oh I'm <laughs> so ashamed of my I just thought it was so funny that someone wrote this but then I've not done anything like that in the in the past. So that process was totally different from sitting down and writing something else. I don't obviously I don't have to write it. It was already written. No. But um, that whole thing of not having to write something is quite interesting because I think a lot of comedy people will hold an idea in their head. They don't necessarily have to write it down. No, it's, I never used to. It was only um, from last year that I started properly formatting. Things yeah. I just write it. I've got notepads filled with random songs and, and lyrics <laughs> that I wrote throughout the years. And I was like, nah, if I want to do this properly, I should probably learn how to, <laughs> how to write it down. So, Rachel, a lot of your work revolves around words and writing, doesn't it? Um, so what's your process? Yeah. Um, I mean, lots of research, really, and sitting with clients and finding out, you know, what's, what are the, what's the message they're trying to convey who are the who are the people that they want to connect with and you know are they convincing somebody of something or are they trying to sell something um so i think once you've got those clear in your mind then you can start you know looking at different channels so is it going to be across social media is it a website is it um an email because obviously across all of those different formats you can use a different tone of voice um because people receive it in a different way. So, for example, with, you know, social media, you can give, um, I don't know, more uh, brief kind of comic sound bites, whereas if you're writing something, it needs to have more of a, a full narrative. But, yeah, that's that's kind of, I mean, and then writing, and then just writing, and then editing, because apparently, you know, they say, I don't say this, but <laughs> writing is editing. Um which it is. And I often go back to things now and I'm like, oh, why didn't I put that in there? Like that would have made more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think any of us that write or produce anything, we all do that. It's like me going back to an mm. article, you know, five weeks later and thinking, oh, I should have put a word in there. The nice thing about today's um, media is that you can actually go back and do things. <laughs> you can change things. It's the, you know, it's except the... Except for Twitter. <laughs> except for Twitter. Once it's there, it's there. It's there. Oh, dear. Well, you know, hu humour is one of those things. I mean, you know, what I'm interested in, and it's good having a comedian and a copywriter on the same call, but where are the boundaries so nicola are there boundaries in comedy oh that's oh that's such a difficult question it is a difficult question isn't it um <laughs> i think that it i think it solely depends on who who what the brand if it was for a brand what that brand represents if they have a specific audience 
I think it's just very dependent on a lot of different factors. Mm. I I don't like to say that there are boundaries, but I mean, I, there, I feel like there definitely are a few that, I mean, I wouldn't personally cross, but if I'm being honest, I feel like I've had to hold back a couple of <laughs> things in the past or been, been told like, no, you can't, you can't do that. But, <laughs> um, oh, but it's, it's, it's such a tricky question, isn't it? Mm. It just depends. It's just so dependent you, on. How much live performing do you do, Nicola? Not a lot. As mm. in not. But I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get. Into yeah. Well, there hasn't been much opportunity, but hopefully. But I do think that whole um, experience of performing live does give you the feedback. It does help you to yeah. to dis- discern the boundaries. So this is the thing. I'm trying to do a little bit more live stuff with them. Um, my music, like musical comedy. And then realizing that I have no idea when people laugh at my sketches, or I've, I don't know what people. I mean, I can I can gather what people find funny. Hopefully, it's the same bits that I do. But yeah, I, 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 it's it's very different to not have anyone actually laughing to then going on stage. I mm. imagine be a totally different experience. And working as you do in in sort of short form video, mm. it's you're doing it to or well, not to please yourself, but largely oh, to please myself 100%. yeah okay yeah <laughs> i was trying to be kind yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i threw myself into it in lockdown <laughs> yeah rachel yeah. where the, probably are boundaries in terms of working with brands but how Ooh, do you get around yeah. that one um i think some brands are more are, are more risk averse than others i think um I always like to push things because I'm interested in comedy and I like using humour in my day-to-day life. So why shouldn't they? Um, But yeah, I think with brands, it's a lot more cut and dry because you've got brand guidelines and tone of voice guidelines, um, especially for the, you know, the big brands. They know where they can take it and where their PR team would have an absolute meltdown if they did. Mm. Um, But I think, I think brands are being braver. I think, because they're seeing you know and thanks to social media i suppose like they can be more irreverent than ever and they can see instantly how an audience reacts with that so if they get a good reaction then they can kind of push that out across all of their all of their media but yeah it's it's definitely trickier with brands i would say what's up This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. So Rachel, have you got any uh, examples of amazing narratives, stories, things that you've worked on that you are particularly proud of it's a really tricky question because lots of my work is for businesses so i the stories that i'm telling and crafting are about products or they're about service software as a service so it is kind of a I mean, I'm proud of what I do and I'm proud of how I sell that but I wouldn't I, I don't know I'm trying to think if there's a to be honest I'm I'm more proud of the the recent work I've been doing uh, on my personal kind of script-sided stuff. Yeah. Sort of, because... So, 
So you're it moving feels... closer to where Nicola's coming from in terms of trying, trying. things out and experiencing, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard and it's because most of my ideas like you, Nick, they come into my head and I'm like, oh, well, that's funny, I'll make that into something. <laughs> and then the the copywriter in me is like, you should sit down in front of the computer and write that into some, you know, <laughs> A massive script and then I lose it and I go this is rubbish so it's yeah hard <laughs> I think your worlds are closer together than you think actually yeah because uh, Nicola is nodding furiously <laughs> as, as Rachel is talking um I think the only difference is that Nicola needs to earn money doing this you know I think that that's the that's the big commercial imperative isn't it about getting brands to use humor or mm -hmm. comedy tragedy or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and work with people like us who are good at it who who recognize it nicola who, what brand would you like to do a campaign for oh you can have anything you like first thing i thought of was nutella because that's just <laughs> i just love nutella <laughs> I'm not fast. I'm not fast. <laughs> I, I have to have a thing. But to be honest, if anyone came to me um, and said, oh, would you be up for writing something with us? Um, mm, there's probably a few brands I'd say no to, but I'd, I'd, I'd be up for it. For sure. Yeah. I love. I think job. you do a great job as well. I think some of your stuff yeah. is so brilliant and, and so well observed that that's what we want to do. And, you know, I think brands need to recognise that there is a real world out there, you know, and real women write, direct, mm -hmm. perform, you know, <laughs> in, in the commercial world as well. Well, I, I, I think we've done quite a good job of this topic because it's a tough one. But any last words on the art of storytelling that you want to impart, Rachel? I, I just think if you've got if you've got an idea or a story that you want to tell, get it out there. Um, mm. I think... I think we were saying earlier, like we all have stories in our head, heads, and they just sit there and they could be something quite fantastic. So I think, yeah, just be brave and, and have a go. Get your story out. Nicola? Yeah, I, I would say the similar thing to Rachel, be brave and, and go for it. One of the things that I've, I've noticed in myself is that I feel a little bit self-conscious just with other people my age and I'm doing all this kind of silly these silly videos there's only a few that are like a little bit political not many um and just trying to not be afraid to push that and just have fun with it i'm sorry can you hear my cat yeah we can hear the cat <laughs> we'll get buddy the dog in as well in a minute and we'll have a, oh, a menagerie yeah <laughs> but this is what it's all about because you know that's where we get the fun ideas from rachel I was just going to say to Nicola, like, I completely, completely agree with you. And I think that's why I, I have a tension between my copywriting business owner persona and then my wants to be a comedian, do comedy, roll around on the floor, be an idiot. And it's hard to reconcile those. <laughs> but I actually am discovering that clients really like that when they what, find the rolling out. around on the floor. <laughs> they love that, Lynn. They love it, especially when I ask them to do it with me. <laughs> That sounds really weird. I yeah, that does. That. But why not? You know, let's exactly. roll around on the bean bags in those big yeah. fancy offices. That's what they do in ad agencies, isn't it? Yeah, they just roll around on bean bags. Yeah. But the world of but advertising yeah. has always been, you know, slightly avant-garde. I think. I think it's. I think it's actually got more traditional and a bit more staid as time has gone on. Because I'm. I'm so old. I remember when it was all 
hip and groovy you know and and it was free and you know certainly in the sort of 70s and 80s it was a very different world i i do think we've got more constricted over time actually so i'd like to see a hark back to the bean bags and the rolling around <laughs> on the floor with rachel why not um <laughs> uh, while we're on this theme have you got your top tip for how to have fun at work at the ready nicola don't take things too seriously that would be mine and that's just in terms of me teaching children as well as writing comedy that's just don't take it too seriously and eat nutella sandwiches that's most my evenings i need to i've got an issue i need to stop <laughs> rachel um mine would be don't be afraid to show your absolute truest self because you'll be surprised with people's reaction i always am that's so, a really good tip because i think that applies to the world of comedy as well that's brilliant yeah so where can we find you what's your what's where can we find you nicola uh i'm i'm just really on instagram or uh, at nicola mcm and and that's with your uh, reels and video content yeah, yeah. i've mostly put all of my stuff on there i've, I've got a youtube channel as well but I'll, i usually put some of the the videos okay on. so nicola is on instagram and what about you rachel i am on linkedin the professional <laughs> instagram um you can find me there rachel amesbury uh and i'm on instagram uh, at at amazebury a-m-a-z-e-b-u-r-y amazebury do you have a website i do yes it's www.uzigalzag.com that's that's very <laughs> memorable we're all laughing because it's such a mad crazy name um you've been brilliant um a, an interesting topic who would have thought storytelling would be so hard to discuss for half an hour but we've done it <laughs> proud thank you so much for being my guests bye Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review, and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.